0: As entrepreneurs, we want to make it big. We want to be global players. Many of us have never done it. I've got an entrepreneur here who has really done it differently than almost any other fellow entrepreneurs I've had the privilege of meeting. But he's made a huge dent in his niche. Become the world's largest playing bass music around the world. I mean, 750 locations in 11 countries. And he's here to share with us how you can take the lessons he's learned and accelerate your success even more. I'm John Bowen. We're at aesnation.com. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss Neomore. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing,
1: remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar
0: beyond your dreams, AESNation.com. Neil, I am so excited to have you here. Uh, We've had the privilege of being in Joe Polish's Genius Network Mastermind group for a long time together, but we've really, you know, we're both running so hard we haven't sat down and done one of these yet.
1: I know it's great. Actually, uh, I've always liked you. You know, you've just got that great energy about you, and it's a gr- really terrific opportunity for me to spend some time with you, John. So thanks for uh, sitting down with me this morning. I appreciate it. Well, and,
0: it. and Neil, you've, you're really impressive. You you are executed. I mean, one of the things that we talked kind of in the pre-interview before we turned on the camera that you're not a marketing guy, and I go, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's a, and Joe Polishes is more of a marketing CEO. Mastermind group, but I got to tell you, Neil's accomplished some pretty amazing things, and and I want to share, you know, have Neil share with us what he's done, Uh, a lot of the lessons I've learned, and he's out there executing, doing some of the uh, some pretty interesting new things that are coming out as well. But let let's go, Neil. One of the ways I like to start is start with the backstory because. You know, I mean, you didn't decide to be, um, you know, from day one, a global player, one you know, the largest in the music playing educational business. How, how did this all happen?
1: Yeah, well, I've had a, an affinity with music since infancy, you know. Uh, youngest of five kids, and uh, my relationship with music, even as an infant, if music was playing in the home, I was lying by the radio, you know, transfixed. And you could put music on in any room of the home and I would roll to wherever the music was playing, and that's where I just wanted to lay. And I just had this affinity with music and uh, began studying music at the age of uh, seven. But at around about three or four years of age, I, I... discovered that I hear music and as I'm listening to music I start to develop these pictures of two and three dimensional shapes and when I began studying piano my teacher would play the song that I was going to be learning and I could see those shapes across the instrument and really that was the basis of how I learned to play music I was supposed to be learning to read like all my older brothers but I just I didn't have any connection with that at all I was you know actually thought I was doing the wrong thing and so I, this way of learning music I sort of kept it hidden and uh, it really wasn't until you know, my adult years that i you know began studying music formally and uh decided that i would you know transition into music education i'd left school pretty young john i i I love learning but i i passionately hated school i only successfully completed 10th grade and 11th grade I, i think i skipped class most of the year and By the time we got to finals at the end of the year, I had to fabricate a way to get out of finals because I knew I'd fail miserably, so I convinced a family surgeon that they had to put me into hospital and do an emergency surgery to remove my appendix just to get out of doing finals. I can't believe that I did it, but I was as committed then as I am now. And so uh, I just wanted to get out into the workforce uh, so, you know, I was working by the age of 16. I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, uh, I just knew that I belonged to music, but I didn't really know what that professional opportunity would be there. So uh, I ended up becoming a restaurant owner and I had uh, several restaurants that were successful businesses. And uh, for me, it was one of those cases of a successful business owner, but successful, but unsatisfied. And I really didn't know what was behind that. I just thought, what do I do? I mean, I'm doing well financially, a beautiful wife, beautiful home, great cars, beautiful Children, but I just didn't feel like I was doing what I was meant to be doing. And uh, I thought then the solution might have been well, get another restaurant. And, you know, after a while, it had that same mundane emptiness. So, okay, I'll get another one. And I just wasn't getting to that point of satisfaction. And uh, I made a couple of bad business decisions and I uh, went through a complete financial wipeout, total financial wipeout. And uh, I remember one day in Australia in particular where. Um, you know, my home was being sold and my, our cars were being towed away. And I just saw that I'd been pursuing money. My view was to earn enough money so I could retire and just do music, whatever that meant. And uh, I just saw that the equation of pursue money to then do what I love was a broken equation for me. And I just made a pact that from that day onwards, I would just devote myself to music. And if that's what I was meant to be doing, then my hope was that the world would align in my favor and that path would reveal itself, and literally that's how it was for me. I, uh, I came over here to the United States just over 20 years ago with my wife, my three kids, $5,000 to our name, life possessions in three suitcases, and an idea. And uh, I began teaching music. I got a call one day from a government agency, and they asked me if I'd take on teaching this young eight-year-old boy who was blind. And for me, it's like, okay, I want to teach this kid. I don't know how to teach him because, you know, he can't read music. I didn't know what else to do. And it wasn't until then that occurred to me, hang on, I never learned to read music. What was I doing when I was a kid? And that was really the first time that I brought consciousness to it. And so I sat down and began to reconstruct the way that I saw these shapes and patterns. And I was able to show him what he was doing. And he was doing brilliantly well. And then I discovered he'd been teaching his four year old sister how to play using the same technique. And it was just like a light bulb moment. Wow, I wonder if I could show all kids this approach. And as I began sharing it, kids were producing brilliant results. And I thought still then, maybe they're getting such a great result because this approach is so organic to me. Maybe I could share it with other teachers and see what results they got. And as I began sharing that with other teachers, they came back saying, we haven't seen results like this ever before. And I think that what happened is that, you know, I developed this into a system of learning with a focus on, I wanted, I want, For me, every single human being, without exception, is profoundly musical, absolutely everybody. And this world of illusion that we have that it takes a long time or you've got to start when you're young or you need a special talent, none of that is true. It's all about the way that we access getting it into our hands. And I discovered a way of being able to do that that's unique and that it's transformative and it brings immediate musicianship to everybody. And people are impacted by that. There's just a world of people that have longed to play There's a world of people that had lessons and it was so grueling that they gave up. And there's a world of people who just don't believe they're musical and this is a program that just dispels all those myths and brings immediate musicianship to everyone. And because people are so impacted by that musical self-expression, they're compelled to talk about it. And that's really how we grew. I started with a small handful of teachers that I was sharing the program with and that grew to more and they started telling their friends and the students started telling their friends and we just grew organically. And uh, here we are now, you know, heading towards, well, my next milestone is the first thousand, but we can really see that we're on the knee of the exponential curve now. And we see over the next two years, we'll go from 700 plus to 7,000. And my intention is 70,000 two years after that. And I truly believe that we can impact billions of people and transform
0: self-expression in the world through music. Well, let me stop you here, Neil, because one of the things I want everyone who, whether you're watching us, and should be watching this on video so you can capture the full... Uh, passion that Neil has, and having hung out with Neil over the years, and I mean, this is truly his passion. And and, and Neil and I have another good friend, Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. And yes, lovely he, Dan Sullivan. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, he always talks about you've got to find as an entrepreneur, you know, who you want to be a hero to. Mm-hmm. You got to marry that passion. I always, because I'm a financial guy, I also say you have to bring a third circle in. Uh, and they have to be able to monetize it. When you bring all three of those together, and it's not monetized and make a ton of money, it's monetizing so it's sustainable, so you can continue to grow, so you can touch exactly. you know all the lives that you're talking about, touching, Neil, or in mm. each of our businesses. I mean, with technology today, our ability to expand this like crazy, but one of the things that you do is you bring that passion. And this is something that's so important, and, and particularly you know when we're, you and I are talking about marketing in the past. I mean, you know, so much in uh, Joe's uh, mastermind group, Genius Network, you know, all this sophisticated technique and so mm. on. And Neil is just, you know, one of the th- he's doing more than what he's saying here. But I, I would say the biggest part is that uh, passion, getting results and allowing you to get word of mouth. So it's spreading. You've got so many marketing apostles.
1: Yeah, it's been a, a remarkable journey. In fact, things have changed dramatically. It's almost as though we've hit, I still consider us to be a startup, you know, 20 years into this project, it very much still feels like a, a beginning point for me. But even so, we've had enough uh, longevity and we've had enough uh, growth for us to establish some credibility and it's it's meant that we've been able to to diversify into some Really extraordinary projects, John, and some of the things that we're taking on at the moment. Uh, we, uh, for example, we're in the midst of producing the world's first adaptive music education curriculum, it's a piano curriculum and it's designed for extremely low functioning special needs, children with special needs. And uh, this is an area that is a huge social concern it's a hugely complex area and so many of these children don't have a voice and we've discovered with this program that we can give these children a a voice and we're about to launch a, uh, a crowdfunding campaign to fund the last phase of the development of this program but what's really Epically exciting about this is that we're going to give this program away to every special needs family in the world for free. This is a huge opportunity for us to make an enormous contribution to tens of millions of families in that arena. You know, at the other end of this, at the, well, of let the me scale would Just
0: for a second, because I, I okay. mean, that's a big one. I want to make sure yeah. that we all capture it. Because yeah, what, what I want everybody to be thinking about as we're listening with Neil is it's not, you know, this is what Neil's doing in his business growing it exponentially, taking advantage. I mean, Neil, you and I, a few weeks ago, we were at Peter Diamonis' yes. Abundance 360 Mastermind Group. You know, for yes. a guy who didn't finish high school, I see you at all these lifelong you know, high-premium meetings you and I are both going to. And, yes. um, and you are, when I talk with other people, you are one of the, I think you and I are probably some of the quickest executors of ideas out there. Uh, mm. and, and you're making things happen and, you know, you. you know, crowdfunding, okay, this is, you know, coming out and, you know, whether it's for a not-for-profit pro- interest yeah. or whether it's for a for-profit, but yes. testing this idea and getting the funding, I mean, this is, you know, this wasn't possible really, you know, two or three years ago. Now yeah. this is something you can do and you can refine it through yes. that process to really touch an awful lot of people.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the thing for us as well is that it's not so much even the, the acquisition of crowd-generated resources. For me, it's more the opportunity to, to rally the team, to rally the masses, to get the community behind a partnership where we're making this sort of a contribution on a global scale by by the community itself, so that's the thing about it that I'm most excited about. That not so much the funding, but the team of people who contribute to make it all happen, and we do it as a partnership. That's the really exciting. Well, people want to be a part of something that matters. Yeah, we
0: want to be in. En- we want to be engaged. You now yes. have that platform. I mean, we're you know on a. Uh, you could be watching us on. You know the web you could be watching us on itunes or stitcher these platforms exist and with the technology we can leverage it kickstarter indiegogo you know i mean mm. these are great platforms that we yes. can use to bring our community mm-hmm. together our tribe yes. and you're doing it really well now you're saying there were a couple of things out you're also doing too
1: yeah well the uh, separate from the crowdfunding Uh, approach, we're also looking at how do we crowdsource intelligence? How do we crowdsource genius? So one of the things that I'm uh, extremely excited about, just let me give you a brief background. For me, everyone's musical. I think that given that there is a huge global cost to have a humanity that is fundamentally musical that is not musically self-expressed and more than ever before, particularly with the technological tsunami that's arriving, we need a a new pillar of education, an additional pillar. The the creative arts have a very new role to play in shaping the mind, to, to immerse a mind in improvisational thinking, in creative thinking, to prepare a mind to be able to deal with constant, massive transformation. And so we see that music education has a very new role to play in the shaping of a new humanity. Now, the problem with music education over 300 years has been the way that it is taught. It's it's been the very thing that has precluded the masses from having access to musical self-expression. That's one of the issues. The other issue is that Piano remains the foundational instrument in anywhere, any country where music's taught formally. You can't get a degree in guitar or flute or any other instrument without studying piano. But the thing is, it's a beast. It's a giant beast that's stuck in one place. And you can't, it's not like a guitar or a violin or a trumpet that you can take it with you. You can't be walking down the street even with a keyboard. Accessibility has been a massive problem. And so for us, the real breakthrough will occur globally when we can transform both the methodology and accessibility. And this is where we are crowdsourcing genius. We have a project. We've partnered with Peter Diamandis's company, HeroX, and we're uh, raising funds now to put up a million-dollar prize for any individual or team or organisation that can create the world's first virtual piano put on a pair of glasses and there's a a, a virtual instrument that can be played, played in the manner of a piano. And the great thing about this is given its portability, we really see there's a massive opportunity to scale this and roll it out into third world and developing nations, let alone the enormity of the existing marketplace for every musician, older, younger, executive who wants to sit on the subway on the way home and be able to put on his glasses and play his instrument for every child in remote classrooms, for every person who just wants the solitude of being able to have a relationship with their instrument. We think we can cause a breakthrough in this area and fundamentally a breakthrough in creativity for you. Well, and,
0: and I, I'm excited. I talked with Christian uh, about yes. this and he was really Wonderful pumped uh, CEO of uh, uh, HeroX. And, you know, when you look at it, I mean, I'm, I'm grabbing my smartphone and I'm going, you know, they're, they're now prototyping where you can just put this down and it will project. And it already has a keyboard and you can, uh, you know, type in, but yes. it also project, a to a wall or a screen and have the monitor so you can have your full blown computer with a smartphone. So really yes. what we're talking about here is something that's not I mean, it's 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 around the corner. It's getting oh, yes. someone excited about it and, yes. and you know, something about a million dollars. You know, what we've seen in incentive competition, you know, uh, Peter Diamandis started XPRIZE and really is kind of foundation company. Yes. It's a not for profit. Uh, You know, they've just typically whatever you put up for the prize, there's, you know, tenfold more going toward where people are actually applying that and, uh, you know, some big breakthroughs. So, you know, I mean, I love how you're using this technology to get your message out, to go ahead and scale things up. And I I would encourage everybody, you know, as fellow entrepreneurs, we need to do this more. You know, we can... We, we have so many of these great tools that can help us accelerate our success. Now, I want to take it back, Neil. You, you have a concept. You talk about the, the entrepreneurial um, triumphant yeah like kind- the trinity trinity yeah. oh it was even a higher standard here <laughs> okay the trinity like words
1: uh, the things you know words create worlds so yeah no 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 it changed
0: my vision right there and <laughs> i, I want to dive into it and let's go through each of these and you know one of the things you talk about love you talk about passion you know physical space is kind mm. of the number one give me you know and this is how when i was talking with you know I've, I think we've been in Joe's group for about four years together, something yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. 2011
1: and, for me, yeah. Yeah.
0: So what we've, we've gone and and what, um, you know, I just, I, I keep on seeing Neil. He's kind of, you know, you see the passion here, but he's kind of the quiet guy that just keeps inching ahead of everybody in the room here. And... uh yeah, you know, tell me how where this low passion, how this all comes together for entrepreneurs, you know, we, well, we can say, well, there's some of that music. That's an artsy, crafty thing, you know, but you know, how does that work for all of us as your fellow yes. entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah. Well, when I talk about this, this Trinity for me, as I said earlier, I have never conceived, articulated, executed, managed a marketing strategy ever. So when I'm around these groups, you talk about me being the quiet guy, I just, that's because I'm sitting around in awe of all of the masterminds there that really understand this realm of, you know, constructing and executing uh, marketing strategies. For me, however, given that I've created a product that fundamentally impacts people's experience of themselves, they're compelled to share it. So that's really been the core behind the success of my organization. But then I, have, then I look at it from the point of view of who do I need to be for the fulfillment of that vision. And what I can see clearly, there are three areas that I focus on personally. And I think this, you know, I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of people uh, in these three areas. And, you know, that I call this trinity. And the first one is space. And when I say space, I'm talking at a very practical level here, your physical environment, the physical environment that you see and interact with. Now, one of the things that I believe is misunderstood is the extraordinary relationship between our physical space and entrepreneurial creativity. So whether we realize it or not, you know, human beings by design are what I I, I describe human beings as being relational. You know that experience of when if you're talking to someone and you're in conversation and then at some point you realize that you've gone off on another tangent and they're still talking and all of a sudden you recognize, oops, I'm not even there and I've got to bring myself back. And I mean, I even lie about it. You know, I'll bring myself back to the conversation and nod like I've been listening all along. And then I've got to try to listen to what the person's saying to catch up. We're very relational. Something happens and it just takes us off track. And we know that we do it in that conversational aspect. But there are ways in which it's happening that we're not quite as aware of. And that happens very at an enormous degree with, in the area of our physical space. So for me, every object that you have in your field of vision has some meaning for you. It is, that is a conversation. And these objects, they talk to us. Now, some of the objects, John, I notice behind you, you've got a whole bunch of books. And I imagine that there's, there's a wealth of knowledge in those books. So when you see those books, that's a conversation that would energize you. But for many of us, we have a, a folder on our desk that has unpaid bills, things that we haven't gotten to. Things that we've just put, you know, we've put things down in the space and we create clutter. And every time we have something in our space, it's a conversation that's going on in the background, and it creates this white noise. And this white noise is way louder than we realize. And it sucks the entrepreneurial energy. It sucks your power. So if I were to just simplify this, and it's very easy for you to experience it. You know what it's like when your car is washed? You get into a clean car, that thing feels like it drives better, man. It just does feel that way to bring that level of impeccability into your physical space. Get stuff out of view, put stuff away, get it organized. Only have things in view that have an energizing conversation will make an enormous difference. Just to spend a couple of hours in your physical space and to clear it and put it away, you'll feel more powerful. When you sit down at a desk that's cluttered, you bring all the conversations of the previous day's clutter back into your physical environment. So for me, the relationship with space is absolutely critical. That's one thing.
0: But well, let me just stop you for a second because I I totally agree. This yeah. is a big deal. I mean, you know, my desk is a glass desk. There are no drawers. Uh, I don't I don't want any clutter whatsoever. Uh, right. You know, and 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 when you think about, it, I'm going to ask all our fellow entrepreneurs. When you think about, you know, when you're the most creative, it is not when you're surrounded by a desk full of papers. Mm-hmm. It, it is when, you know, a lot of times it's in the shower. It's when yeah. you're out for a walk. It's you exactly know, making those spaces and allowing things to happen. And so this is something that I would encourage all of us to you, you, One of the things I want you to be is successful on purpose. And this is why I asked Neil to come. Because, I mean, you know, as fellow entrepreneurs, you know, we've, you know, I, my guess is maybe in the restaurant business, you had things all stacked all over the place, you know, and Past businesses I did, and when I started cleaning up my act, my space, boy, business took off like crazy.
1: Yeah, well, actually in the restaurant business, when I first took over my restaurant, I noticed the sort of the chaos that people had. And when I looked at the way that our chefs were working, I saw that they didn't have an understanding with the organization of space. They would throw things down here, throw things down there, throw things down here. And then when it's busy and they need it, now they can't find it and they're getting agitated. So I began a process of training them to bring order and organization to all of their gesture. And it was amazing how the whole mood of the restaurant calmed down, the whole mood of the relationship between the team, freed up and these became better, more capable, more competent, more creative chefs, just as a, as a result of relationship and organization to space. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, it's, it's creating those systems around that, that, mm. you know, the combination of that is just so amazing.
1: Yes. Yeah. These are like p- peace practices.
0: Well, let's, let's continue. One of the other things you, you shared with me in your Trinity is the, you know, leaving nothing incomplete. What does oh, that yes. mean? Completion. Yeah.
1: Well, so I've talked about the physical things in our space, but there are also, for one of the better word, emotional or personal or psychological things that remain cluttered for us. Have you ever had that experience, John, where perhaps you've told somebody that you, you've met someone and you've had a conversation and you've told them you'll do something, and for whatever reason, you don't do it. And then you happen to be out somewhere and you see that person and the first thing that comes up is, oops, you know, I said I'd call that guy, and I don't know, sometimes I've even been, you know, horrible enough, like, I'll avoid the person. I mean, it's gross, it's disgusting. I, I mean, I just no, know you, that I'll well, be No, you're awful,
0: you just, and you, you know, yes, one of the things like, we oh, want to I do, our word is our bond, and right. you know, we want to keep our promises.
1: There's something about that that is incomplete. Now, I say that we have thousands of these things in our life things that we've said we do that we didn't do, things that are unfinished. Things that we've done that we shouldn't have done, things that we've said we shouldn't have said, and vice versa, things that we haven't done. So action in that sense is things we do and things we don't do. And so I underwent a process a long time ago where with a series of questions, I began looking at my life and what things had i done over my life that I could clean up and complete. And I found, I mean, I'm serious about it. I went way back to school. I remember picking a fight with a kid when I was in seventh grade and I tracked this guy down. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, I just think about it. I actually tracked him down decades later and <laughs> said, hey, is this John Valentin? Yes. John Valentin from Bishop Street, West Footscray? Yes. Uh, this is Neil Moore well silence he knew exactly who it was because the last memory was me picking a fight with him and i just apologized to the guy i was a jerk i shouldn't have done that i'm sorry man that's just been on my mind i'm talking about that level of the willingness to complete your past anything you take on where you can bring closure to it and i wasn't even really wanting anything from him it was completing it for me so I mean i don't know what i left him with when we got off the phone he might have thought heck that was odd but i know from my point of view that he was owed an apology he deserved an apology and for me i created space and the more you can do that in your life the more it will transform your entrepreneurial creativity completion is critical
0: yeah no this is I more mean,
1: integrity it, stuff
0: well and there's so much you know if it's not completed it's in the back you don't even have to see the guy across the street you know right it, it, it's That's in the exactly back it. of your mind. It's weighing you down. It's not it's leaving light that light. open space for you to run. Okay, yep. what's the third trinity? I I, I can't well, wait.
1: Look, this is this is about love for me, and and what I mean is, what's the quality? What is the intactness of? the the core relationships that I have in my life. And I have found that for many entrepreneurs, their focus, their passion, their investment is towards their vision. And very often the relationships and the people surrounding that vision, which play a crucial role in supporting that vision, in some respects can sometimes experience a compromise in, in the regard that we have for them. For me, it's about love you know, a classic example for me is in my relationship. I fell in love with my wife November the 20th, 1972 PM, 44 years ago. She'd just turned 12. I had just turned 13. I have never not loved her a day in 44 years. We have an extraordinary familiarity. You know, we've been married now 33 years. I have three adult children and a grandchild. We have an extraordinary friendship. but we saw years ago that we wanted to elevate that. When you establish that level of familiarity, certain rights come with that familiarity. So whilst we had an enormous ease with each other and a a, a wonderful likability between each other and a great friendship, very placid, very peaceful relationship, but we saw that being in the presence of love could energize us newly. And so we learned how to hit the reset button constantly on our relationship. So instead of waking up in the morning and hopping in the shower and, hi, honey, how's your day? What are you up to? What are you doing? Instead of coming home the, you know in the evening, hey, how was your day? What did you get up to? Instead of going to bed, good night, sweetheart, love you. N- not like that. For us, it was, could, could she wake up in the morning and could I just stop and look at this woman who's been my loyal friend for 44 years and take her face in my hands and say thank you thank you for loving me thank you for your loyalty and your friendship and your support I appreciate it and I'm gonna spend my day honoring how much I love you was I willing to leave the home and not say bye sweetheart was I willing to stop and connect our eyes together and embrace her and in that embrace communicate who she has been for me for all of these years. The energy I leave the home with is the energy that I come back into the home with. So when I come home we reconnect again and we get back in touch with our love and before we sleep it's thank you again for another day of loving me. I love you, I adore you and I appreciate everything about you. That whole practice takes about 60 seconds, 90 seconds a day and it will transform your experience. you can bring that into every relationship in your life. It doesn't need to be the intimacy of your partner. You know, for me personally, I physically embrace every one of my team member every day that I come in. It's a, it's a, it's a practice. I want those, these people to experience that I love you and I honor the fact that you are giving your life to the fulfillment of a vision that has a greater purpose. You are part of something. You, we are doing something enormous and important in the world and I value and appreciate you. Thank you. I want to do that at every restaurant that I'm at. When a server comes to my table, I want to ask that person, what is your name? Tell me a bit about you. Thank you for serving me. I'm humbled that someone serves me. That's a gift that someone serves me. I don't want to ignore these people. I want them to know that they matter and they're important and I love them. And so for me, when I'm in that state, I am absolutely at my best entrepreneurially. My ideas are most creative, my communication is most articulate, the fulfillment of my vision is most empowered. So for me, it's about
0: space, completion, and love. Uh, I, I love it too, Neil, and it's, I, I do it, I don't think I do it as passionate, so I'm gonna raise a passion level here going yeah, forward. because not? well, and Well, and it is, it's, it's one of those things that so often all of us do, you know the privilege we have as entrepreneurs and you know everyone on this you're a successful entrepreneur you're you're moving forward we are so blessed and to not only you know show that appreciation to ourselves but to everyone around us and and how could we not do it to our partners our families and these key people who, who are working with us. I mean, I'm so grateful for my team. You know, yes. they, they are, without them, I would not accomplish anything. With them, you know, we're, we're changing the world. And this is something that it's so easy in the day-to-day battle to get caught up in. So, no, Neil, this is, uh, now I know why you're so passionate. You never shared all the detail of the Trinity with me here. Now I've got it. And and for all of you, I mean, go back. Uh on AESNation.com, we'll have the show notes. We'll have the transcript of this and read this because this is so important. It's, you know, it has nothing to do with any type of business. This is all business. This is yes. all relationships. Yeah. Let me go to the next step, though, uh, and go to a segment that we call Book of the Day. Oh. And with your fellow entrepreneurs, you know, what would be the book that you would recommend? One book,
1: definitely Peter Diamandis' Abundance.
0: Yeah, let me put it up on screen. This is one of my favorite books. Uh, I always love the subtitle, The The Future is Better Than You Think. Neil, um, you, know, you and I uh, have enjoyed meeting Peter. He's in uh, a Genius uh, Network with us. And uh, we, as we mentioned earlier, we were just at the Abundance 360 what is this book and kind of what Peter's message is, you know, how is that affecting you in business?
1: Oh, enormously. Uh, well, the, the Peter's, relationship with the future and his ability to articulate that is like no other person that I know. Uh, Being around Peter gives me an opportunity to be be right at the cutting edge of what's happening in the world of science and technology. What's the future going to look like? And I think that, you know, we know that we're on the verge of the uh, arrival of a technological tsunami that, that will permanently alter the experience of humanity forever. We're entering into an era of permanent transformational change. And with this speed of change, with this the vastness, the breadth and the depth of change that we're facing, we need to establish a very particular state of mind, a relationship with that future. And and for me, Peter is not only a thought leader in that space, but he's also an example of how to have uh, an an embracing relationship with that future and see all of the wonderful opportunities and possibilities that it opens up for humanity as a whole. And so, uh, from, from that perspective, it's been invaluable. But at a practical level, I've revolutionized my organization over the last 18 months as a result of Peter's work. I mean, my business was very physical. Books, DVDs, CDs, a distribution network, warehousing, inventory, centralized offices, You know, a team of people working in a specific location. And Peter's perspective of... Digitizing, dematerializing, decentralizing, demonetizing, democratizing—that's become our mantra uh, over this last 18 months. And so we've actually scaled down the physicality over the last of our offices. So we've 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 shrunk to become bigger. Uh, we've moved moved away from the physical production in in itself. I mean, I spend half a million bucks just producing books every year, for example, and, you know, the freeing up of resources. And it's not just that, it's now we don't have the printing and the warehousing and the inventory and the boxes and the shipping and the team and all of that goes away. And what it, it allows, it's really a space thing. It allows for that freedom, that operational freedom. Uh, our, method has only been available in, in a physical form, and we've gone through the process of digitising everything, and it's automatically uh, that we now have our program available fully digitally. It's already had an enormous impact on our, our ability, you know, just recently we've been able to establish locations in Russia, in the Philippines, in China, in South Africa, and so the speed of our ability to uh, to have outreach globally has been transformed as a result of this. And um, you know the demonetizing of this. We have really been able to reduce the the cost that it takes, which has been a barrier of entry for people. We've been able to minimize that to a fraction of what it has been in the past, and we see that this is really what will allow us to go from the you know seven hundred plus to seven thousand to seventy thousand over the next you know the next phase of our growth these next coming years. Yeah, no,
0: I, for all of us, I mean, as entrepreneurs, if you've been around a bit, you've seen you know dramatic changes in the. The internet, the speed, the broadband, the the storage, uh, the uh, processing speed, and what we've already seen, we haven't seen anything. And this Correct. is where Peter's book and uh, his new book uh, just coming out bold. I mean, it just I would encourage everyone to pick it up, follow him because you know you mm. can hear how Neil is doing it, and I'm certainly it's changed my business dramatically as well. Yes, let's go to the next segment. Right. And Neil, I, I've got your uh, website up uh and it is simplymusic.com uh tell us you know you know many of the entrepreneurs i mean some of them are like me i kind of have a bucket list i was going to take lessons as a kid never got around to it i I do have one of those big pianos in my house yeah Uh, it's got a computer attached to it so it does play without me but you know if i want to learn how to play or you're seeing entrepreneurs that are, you know, this is something, you know, creativeness, it, it just, oh, know, absolutely. Help, help, I mean, I love music. I have music playing all the time. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: That's a receptive thing. When you're playing that music, it's a completely different experience when you're actually performing, which is a generative thing. That's that creative output. And my, you know, my commitment, I can bring that to anybody immediately that, you know, all those myths about how long it takes. That's just not true. In fact, uh, when you go on the website, as you scroll down, there are, you'll see the various projects we're involved in. And our core curriculum is, you know, what we call Simply Music Piano, which is our educator curriculum. But we also have this program, Simply Music Online, that's like a, a slice of the beginning stage of our whole program, and it's a it's a learn at home program. It's available online. I'm committed to entrepreneurs having access to musical self-expression because I clearly understand the impact that it has on entrepreneurial creativity. I'll offer every one of the people that are listening to this uh, broadcast an opportunity to get that program for free. I'll give it to you. If you if you want to contact me, uh, I don't know if you can yeah, give no, everybody my email address. Well, yeah, no. No, it's
0: Neil at SimplyMusic.com, and we'll have it in the show notes as well. And you know, Neil, I appreciate the generosity, and a lot of us have. Yeah, we're running out of excuses of not using music to express ourselves. So, yeah, you know, I... well, I love
1: to give, you know, I love to give things away. There's no question. To me, it's almost like one of my secret weapons. The more I give, the more I, I get. It's just like spreading my sails, and I can capture more of the wind, you know?
0: No, no, this is. So I'll gr-
1: give everybody that, and here's what my promise is. Anyone, if you can, this isn't a, a long, arduous thing. If you can find 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, a few days a week, you start this week, by next week, I'll have you playing some, some contemporary and some classical and some blues piano. I mean, serious, not Little Mary Had a Little Lamb. I'm talking about playing the piano. I can bring musical self-expression to anybody immediately, well, seriously.
0: I'm gonna take you up on it. I'm gonna encourage all the other entrepreneurs to do that as well. Great. Let me uh, go to the last segment here. takeaways. And let me share what I'm walking away. I mean, one of the things that I love uh, before we got to the Trinity is just, you know, Neil said, geez, I'm not a good marketer. Well, I'm going to say he's one of the best marketing people I've ever met. And what he understands is the importance of delivering a great client experience. And by delivering that client experience and doing a, a super job, what happens? people want to share that experience with others. The power of word of mouth is just amazing. And he's built a, uh, you know, global, a global business, uh, world largest playing-based musical education in the world. And he's done it and he shared with us a trinity, you know, really understanding the importance of physical space, you know, going ahead and making sure nothing is left you know not completed i'm thinking i've got to call eddie mead a guy i had a fight with in sixth grade too now but you know everything uh and then the key relationships to really appreciate the love that surrounds us we've got an awful lot to be grateful for go out you know read the transcript look at the show notes take neil up on the uh online music I'll be looking forward to hearing your concert, but more importantly, execute as trinity. Your clients, your future clients are all counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthrough. AESnation.com.